uh, Psalms 100, the Bible said, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endureth to all generations. I just really titled it, the title that's there, a psalm of praise. Now, the psalmist starts out and he gives uh, three commands. Number one, he said we're to shout. That word joyful noise, if you were to look it up in your Strong's Concordance, it literally means a ear-splitting sound. I've been to some places and as loud as I am, that disturbs them. Well, you don't have to be loud as me. Not everybody has a big mouth like I do. I understand that. But the Bible said we ought to lift up our voice when we come to the house of God and be loud, amen. It's all right to shout and praise God in the church house, amen. If you're one of those that don't like the noise, well, you're not gonna enjoy heaven because it's gonna be loud. The Bible said that he talked like uh, uh, the sound of many waters, amen? It's gonna be loud in heaven and thank God I like it loud in church as well, hallelujah. Amen. He said to shout. Number two, he said we ought to serve the Lord with gladness. That means with joy. That means with mirth. That means with pleasure. That means when you got ready tonight, even though you've worked all day and you're tired, you said, man, I can't wait to go to the house of the Lord. You were not dreading coming. You were not dreading getting a shower, but you were excited that you got to come uh, to the house of the Lord. Uh, can I say tonight, it's a privilege uh, to be in the body of Christ, uh, to be saved by the grace of God. Uh, it's an honor uh, that God would even allow you and I uh, to serve him. Uh, what a privilege, young people, that you just received singing in the choir singing to him. It's a privilege. Everything that we do for Jesus, it's an honor that he would allow us to do anything for him. All of us ought to be in hell, but thank God we're in church tonight and we ought to serve him with gladness, amen. We ought to be glad to be here. Baptists are some of the saddest people I know. Amen. Someone said, do you preach in other denominations? I said, Baptists are in such a mess, I don't have a chance. Amen. <laughs> I is a Baptist too. Amen. Anyway, number three. He said to come singing in his presence. Now, here's what's amazing, preacher. The word singing there means joyful. The word serve with gladness means joy. And then he said, make a joyful noise. If you haven't got the picture yet, he wants you to be happy. Our sister, Sister Sheila testified how sad people really are. If you just look at the people in the world, they have nothing to live for. Brother Danny, they're empty. Man, we have so much to live for. 
It don't matter if the car's not working. It don't matter if the refrigerator breaks. It don't matter if the lawnmower quits. I'm telling you, we still have it better than anything in this world. And we ought to be happy that thank God when we lay this old body down, we're gonna wake up on the other side rejoicing in the presence of God. And we ought to be happy that we're saved. Amen. Amen. Four things. Number one, he said, if you're going to praise him, we've got to recognize his preeminence. He makes a claim. He said, the Lord, he is God. Now, you know why he makes that? Because if you study the Old Testament, guess what Israel was always doing? They run into false gods. Man, they'd get right and first thing to do, they'd go back to Baal. And then they'd get right and then the first thing to do, they'd go to another God. Even Solomon had high places and he had different gods that they worshiped. And so the psalmist said, I want you to know that he is God. I'm glad in 2021, getting ready to get in 2022, that God is still God and he's still on the throne. It don't matter what's happening about around us. It don't matter what's going on with COVID. I'm glad that God is still God, amen. He is God. He makes a claim. Then he's in control. But David, he's a sovereign God. You know what being sovereign means that he just does what he wants to, when he wants to, and how he wants to without asking you and me for permission. He sets up men, he takes down men. He did not get caught by surprise that Donald Trump did not win the presidency or didn't get it, let me say that. But the truth of the matter is, he knows what's going on in your life tonight. That burden that nobody knows about, he knows about it. That struggle that you're struggling with that nobody understands, he understands tonight. I'm glad that whatever's going on in your life, thank God he knows where you're at. Uh, Sometimes you feel like the Lord has forgotten your address, but can I say, he knows your address tonight. He knows where you live. He knows every burden you have, every struggle you have. And yes, Jesus does care. I'm glad, thank God that he does care. There's a lot of people that don't care. But I promise you tonight that Jesus does care. He cares what's bothering you. He cares about every struggle you got. He cares about your lost family. He cares about the burdens of your heart. He cares about your neighbors. He cares about everything in your life. I'm glad, thank God, that Jesus does care. I'm glad, thank God, that he does care. Hallelujah. Amen. We know that he's in control. Can I say he's the creator? He hath made us. Now, if I didn't know the Bible, I would believe that we came from monkeys by the way people act. Amen. Yeah. But I know the Bible and he created us. I'm gonna tell you it's amazing how that they're trying to change history in school try to change what we are, where we come from. You know, they can take God all, God out all they want to, but it's never gonna change the fact that he hath created us. We see his preeminence tonight, but we see our place. He said that we're the clay. He hath made us, Brother Brian, and not we ourselves. 
Sometimes, especially when you get older and you've worked all your life and you've accumulated a few things, maybe you finally get your house paid for and got a decent car and it's paid for. If you're not careful, that old devil will sit on your shoulder and tell you how good you are and how much you've done for yourself and look what you've accomplished. But can I tell you, you didn't accomplish anything. He, Brother Dave, hath made us and not we ourselves. He's the one who put the strength in your hand to go to work every day. He's the one that got you up with the sun and put you to bed with the stars. He's the one that gave you the mental capability to be able to work. Brother Danny, everything I have tonight, it's because of him. He hath made us and not we ourselves. Everything I have is because of him. Everything I ever hope to be is because of him. I got a house because of him. I've got a car because of him. I've got clothes on my back because of him. I've got food at my table because of him. Hey, I'm telling you, it's because of him. Amen. Amen. Not we ourselves. He said that we are the sheep of his pasture. We are his people. Not only we see that we're the clay, but we're under his care. You know what that means? He's going to take care of us. A friend of mine had to have surgery. He fell, busted both of his tendons in his knees. They had to drill through both knees and reattach those tendons. He called me today. He said, you know, he said, I told the Lord because there's a thing that happened, an accident outside of work, so he gets no workman's comp for it. He said, Lord, I need some help financially. He said, $260 came in the mail today. The Lord knows what you need. Since that surgery in October, he has been given over $14,000. You listen to me? God knows what you need and we are the sheep of his pasture. Amen and amen. Then we see number three, not only our place, his preeminence, but then we see his plea. He said that we are to enter with, and I'm gonna get on that in a minute, uh, enter into his gates. But I thought about, uh, before I deal with that, there's some things that we get when we come to the house of God. Number one, we get a pardon uh, when we come to the house of God. Number two, we get perception when we come to the house of God. You remember in, I believe it's chapter 73, Asaph had written, uh, and he talked about how he didn't understand how that the godly prospered. He said, until I went into the sanctuary and I saw all therein. I'll tell you, we come to the house of God and we get perception perception of what God is doing in our life. I'm telling you sometime, you look around Brother George and it seemed like the ungodly prosper, but you know what he said? I saw therein the end is that they'll die and go to hell and so this life is the best they're ever gonna get. Thank God our paydays are coming someday and there's a better life for the child of God. If there was no mansion, if there was no street of gold, if there was 
was no gate of pearl. You hear me? Or walls of jasper. Just the fact that we can be in the presence of Jesus Christ and not be in a devil's hell. Thank God we've got it better than we've ever deserved. We got it better, thank God, than anybody else. I'm telling you, hey, we ought to be happy and rejoice that our name had been written down in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. 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 He said to enter, well, we come in the house of God. We see the power of God. We see the perseverance of God. We see the peace of God. But I, I, I like that word, enter to his gates with. Let me ask you a question tonight. What did you bring with you to church tonight? What did you bring when you came here? Did you bring all of your burdens? All of your troubles? Did you bring all the cares that's on your shoulders? And while church is going on, you're thinking about all of this and all of that? Or did you bring some things with you? The first worship service in the Bible is in Genesis 4 with Cain and Abel. They brought, they brought three things. They brought their life, they brought their living, and they brought their love. I wonder what we bring when we come. Can I say, number one, we ought to bring our person. We ought to be in the house of God. Not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Amen. Ought to be in the house of the Lord. I'm amazed today at the excuses that people have to miss church. I, 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 I thought I've heard them all and then I hear something else and it just blows my mind that people would miss the house of God for that reason. I, I, you know what's amazing to me is they don't miss work for none of those reasons, but they do miss church. I guess they figure that God is not important as their job is. I'm telling you, God can take that job away if he wants to. I'm telling you, the house of God is important. And so we bring our person, we come to the house of the Lord. Amen and amen. We don't stay home, watch a ball game. We don't go to the amusement park. We come down to church house where we're supposed to be. Amen. Amen. Number two, we bring our passion. We bring excitement. Now, I wonder how many got excited during the Georgia ball game on Saturday. Huh? Well, that's probably true. Didn't think about that. I should have been preaching this in Alabama. Amen. But anyway, but we come to church and we just look on. We ought to be excited to be here. We ought to be excited to be here. I mean, they just sang that we're not going to hell. That's enough to do cartwheels, hallelujah. And if I was young, I'd do one, but I can't do them anymore. But the truth of the matter is, hallelujah, we ought to be excited when we come to church. We ought to bring our passion, amen. We ought to bring prayer when we come. We bring the possession of the Holy Ghost when we come. Can I say we ought to bring people when we come? Always strive to bring somebody with you. Brother Jeremy, just keep on working on that old Jason. He may not come the next time. He may not come the next time you ask, but keep on asking. Amen. Brother Jeremy was helping get my building moved last week, and I told that young man, Brother Jeremy wanted to kind of talk to him about dad and his testimony, and I said, hey, preach you next Wednesday night. 
I'd love for you to come. As far as I know, he's not here. And I'm supposed to come tonight. And I, I wish he did. But you know what? Ask him again and ask him again. Bring people with you when you come to the house of God. I, I'm amazed how this seems like nobody has any friends anymore. Amen. I always, I'm always invited. I went to a new doctor on yesterday, my six-month checkup. And uh, I said, do you go to church anywhere? And she said, no, I really uh, I don't. Uh, I, I believe in God, but I don't really get to go to church. And, and, and so I begin to pray for her. And the next six months I go back, I'm going to work on her some more. And I don't know her name, but you pray for every time you think about uh, that doctor down there, uh, there in Lafayette, that God would get a hold of her heart. Always we need to try to bring people with us when we come to church. Amen. Now this one will get us quiet, but we bring our purse when we come to church. Of course, men, that means your wallet, and ladies, that means your purse. Amen. You know, it's funny about the people that only come on Christmas and Easter, and they always say, oh, that preacher preaches about the money. They only come twice a year. And normally at Christmas and Easter, you don't say nothing about money anyway. It's just always on their conscience. But you know what? It takes money to operate, don't it? But Chris, I appreciate that testimony. It's a blessing to tithe. It's a blessing to be able to see God give it back and you give more and he gives more and you give more and he gives more. I raised my missions $50 a month in October and I'm not lying. That meeting was over what, Thursday night? Saturday I get a phone call and this church just took me on for $50. The Lord just replaced it two days later. I mean just two days later. He said, you want to give that 50? Good, I'll give right back to you. Amen. You, you cannot give him. So what do you bring? He said, enter with. There's some things you ought to come with the house of God. Amen. Can I say, <laughs> there's some things you shouldn't come with. Number one, strange fire. Number two, sinful flesh. You ought not live in habitual sinful flesh. Now, we all battle flesh every day. But you ought not be living in sin, amen, fornication, adultery, pornography, filth like that, amen and amen. Y'all not, bring that garbage to the house of the Lord. (laughs) Y'all know I have such a truckload of patience. I come home after Thanksgiving, driving about six hours that day, and I opened up the mail, because we were gone Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and so... I opened up and one of the first things I got is another one of them stinking tickets for riding in the wrong lane down there in Atlanta. And the thing about it is they have three lanes closed. I don't know where they want you. There was only one lane plus that lane. And Brother David, everybody I saw didn't have a person with them either. But why'd they have to take a picture of my car? So I wrote a letter, praise God. I said, you must have a college degree because you don't have any common sense. I said, when you block three lanes, you got to go somewhere. And I said, you must be a liberal Democrat taking money from the average working person. The only problem is I prayed after I sealed the letter and the Holy Ghost said, you better get that out of there and don't you write that again. I said, I won't do it. I'm sorry, Lord. And I took it out and threw it away. I know y'all ain't got any problem like I do, but we do have sinful flesh, amen. 
You know, if that letter would have got there, they probably would have had the FBI at my house the next Sunday morning anyway. Amen. Y'all would have had to come and got me out of jail. So, I tell you what, if it's the last lane there, I'm not driving it anymore. Amen. Good night. Well, I'm going to get me a mannequin and sit in the seat with me. Amen. <laughs> I'd fit in in the most Baptist churches. But anyway, amen. <laughs> Don't bring the sacrifice of fools to the house of God. Not only, he said, to enter with, he said we're to express gratitude. He said that we ought to be thankful unto him. Not because of him. See, but Jason, a lot of time we, we thank God for what he's given us and we ought to. He said, I just want you to thank me for who I am. Just thank God for who he is. Just thank God that we're part of his family. Can you, can, do you get who we are? We're part of the family of God. I'm nobody within myself, but I belong to him and he belongs to me. Hallelujah. He said to express gratitude. Then he said exalt him. That word, young people, when he said bless his name, it means to, Brother Noah, to bow the knee. You know, even in the Old Testament, even Nathan, the man of God, bowed to King David. You know what he's saying? I want you to let me become the king on the throne of your heart. I want you to bow the knee and let me run your life. Can I tell you, very few people do that, Brother Josh. How many? Over 600,000 people, men and women, besides children, came out of Egypt. And how many got to go into the promised land? Two. Over 600,000 people. And probably total two or three million people. Brother Danny, not too many ever get over into Canaan's land. You know why, Brother George? Because they still want to sit on the throne of their heart. They don't want to bow the knee. Because when you bow the knee, he'll say, turn that off. Don't listen to that. Don't wear that. Don't go to that place. Don't hang around with those people. Don't do that anymore. You understand what I'm saying? He'll tell you, take them letters out and throw them away. Amen. And I said, I will. Because I want him to be on the throne of my heart. He said, bow the knee to me. Bless his name. Can I say he's a great taskmaster? He's a great master. Oh, if you'll ever yield to him, if you'll ever submit to him and let him be on the throne of your heart, not only we see his plea, but then lastly, we see his proclamation. He said, he proclaims three things. Number one is character. He said, the Lord is good. <laughs> the Lord is good. Even on a dying deathbed, the Lord is good. Even if you got cancer, the Lord is good. Even if you lose somebody in your family, the Lord is good. If you have a stroke, the Lord is good. If you have a heart attack, the Lord is good. He is good. He proclaims his character. He proclaims his compassion. He said his mercy is everlasting. But Tim, he champions his mercy from Genesis 
to Revelation. From Genesis to Revelation. I had an uncle. He was married to my dad's sister. His name was Huey, Uncle Huey. And he was a drunk. He would come over and when he'd be drunk and my Aunt Shirley would leave him and he'd be trying to find her and he'd come over and stagger and ah, Jesus is the light, is he? And he'd make fun. Just an old drunk. This is one of Phil Kidd's true stories. He asked him to preach his mother's funeral. My Uncle Huey, his mother died and Phil Kidd preached the funeral. And so my uncle come in drunk and he said, say something good about my mama. And so he did good. He ignored him the first time. Second time, say something good about my mama. So he ignored him the second time. He did good. But oh, the third time. I said, say something good about my mama. He said, if you wanted someone to say something good about your mama, you ought to got the bartender. She, he knew her better than I did, amen. You know what? My family didn't talk to him for a year and a half. But that's the kind of drunk that he was. Drunk at his own mama's funeral. He got where he couldn't drink no more, Brother Dave. The Lord moved in a lady across the street that went to a Baptist church who was saved. She began to witness to him. One day he didn't feel good. He went to the doctor. He said, you're going to die. You're ate up in cancer. He said, yet best you got six months. No sense of doing treatment. Go home and enjoy the last few months of your life. You know what he did? Brother Laddie called that woman. He said, would you call your pastor? Tell him I need to talk to him. Here's a man who has shaken his fist in God's face. Here's a man who mocked God. But you know what? He called on him and said, Lord, would you save me? And you know what the Lord said? I will. And you know what he did? He did. And my uncle led my dad's sister to the Lord before he died. That's compassion. That is mercy. He champions that mercy. He could have let my uncle went to hell and been a just God. But he cried out and said, have mercy on me. Remind me of that old boy said, Lord, if thou will, thou canst make me clean. He said, I will be thou clean. Amen. Champions his mercy. We see his consistency. He said, his truth endureth to all generations. Truth has fallen into the streets in most places. They don't stand for nothing out there today. I'm talking about men who used to preach and stand flat-footed and tell you what God said. They don't believe in anything they used to preach today. But I, can I tell you, young people, you may change, but that book never will. I may change, but that book never will. It will endure to all generations. Brother Steve, I'm glad that his truth will always endure. They asked Jeremiah in his day, is there still a word from the Lord? Is there another word from God? He said, oh, there is. But they really didn't want to hear it. I'm afraid that we live in that day that we can actually even listen to preaching but do nothing about it. But I'll tell you something about his truth. It's not going away. You may find a church where they won't preach it. It's funny how people tell things about a church. I was trying to win my neighbor when I used to live in Carolina. He said, oh, I've heard about y'all. 
He said, I heard that women can't wear makeup. I said, all you got to do is come down there and see that on any given day. You'll find out that's a lie. He said, I heard women can't talk. I said, well, they testify and that's a lie. And he said, I heard you handled snakes. I said, well, if they do that, I'm gone, praise God. I said, uh, we don't handle no snakes. I said, now there's no doubt some snaky people there, but we don't handle snakes, amen. <laughs> and uh, that turned out to be true. But anyway, it's amazing. It's amazing the things that people say. But we ought to bring some things with us when we come to Bible Baptist Church. Let's stand if you would, please. Just come talk to the Lord if you need to tonight. Just come talk to him. You might want to ask him to help you praise him more in his house to bring things with you when you come.